You're gonna feel the power It's gonna turn it on Interpret your dreams Just wait and see The dream company The dream company The dream company The dream company Hi everyone and welcome to The Dream Company. This is episode 27 and we're gonna start with Donnie this week so take it away Donnie. Okay, I have just a small piece of a dream because I want to talk about something in relation to dream interpretation and the reason I'm using it. I got a job cooking in a kitchen, a very large kitchen, reminded me a little bit of the stables of the Quezon Platoon in Washington, D.C., where I helped reshoe a bunch of horses one year when I was in the Army. Kind of looked like that. The uh, place, it was for the central restaurant in a world tourist area. It wasn't just a tourist area. It had something kind of a UN kind of feeling to it, although it wasn't the UN. It was a world center. And people all over the world were there and people would come. That was the restaurant they would come. And the chef was a very old, cranky man. I had heard <laughs> about him before I went and, and I was hired as a cook and I was helping him out. And there was a large pot of soup and there was a uh, salt shaker, a big salt shaker right by the pot. And the first thing I did when I went into the kitchen, I just took the salt and I put it in the cabinet. And he said, what did you do? And he saw that I put the salt away and he got really angry. You do not do anything unless I tell you. You're fired. Get out of here. That was it. I had worked there for like five minutes or something like that. And then I went to the front of the house and there were all these tables and you could see there was a glass front and you can see it's kind of almost like a Swiss village kind of place. Like I say, it was a world center. Not just just a tourist area. And there was a friend of mine who was waiting on tables and I was asking him to help me get a job waiting on tables because I thought that suited me much better than being a cook. Now that's the only part of the dream that I'm going to relate. Well, what does it mean? Okay, now the specific event of the salt shaker is an interesting representation of an outer event. Now, the outer event is I went to someone's Facebook page. He's a leader of Oroville, not any official title, but he's an old timer and he's very respected. And he had put out a notice on the outcome of court cases against the secretary of Oroville in the Madras High Court. And so people were going to his status on Facebook to read the official, uh, well, he said it wasn't official, but the the names of the court cases and the outcomes and things like that. And so, like, this is, you know, he was, like I say, he's a leader, unofficial leader in Oroville. And I can say more things about him, but that's enough. I don't really want to identify him. Anyway, I read that and then I kind of looked down his status on Facebook and I found a book, a book of poetry and photographs that he was just publishing or published, self-published, I guess it was, and he was charging 30 rupees for it. I mean, I'm sorry, $30. Okay, now that's just a little piece of a dream and I will relate an outer experience I feel that it points to. Now, it was the day before the dream, someone gave me a a Facebook page to go and find out the results of Kate courses against the Orville secretary in the Madras High Court. And so I went to this person's Facebook page and he's an unofficial leader of the community. He's a longtime Orvillian. And so, you know, people were going to his status to check
check out the results of the court case. And when I went there, I recognized, oh, yes, it's him and, you know, a principal member of Orver. I don't think he's a founder, but a principal member of the community. An old timer, for yeah. sure. And so I went down the, his status and I found that he had recently, I think, self-published a book of poetry and a photographer had taken photographs and matched the poems. Beautiful nature photographs. And so I wanted to check out his poetry. And because I wanted to leave a link to my poem above national commitments that I have spoken about several times on this podcast. And so I listened to some of his poetry. He had two videos with his poetry where he was reciting his poetry and with the photographs. And so I listened to or watched two videos. And after I did, I just felt to put the comment on his advertisement when he was advertising his book. And I spoke a little bit about how his work struck me and that I thought it was good poetry and the photography is beautiful, but like it wasn't down to earth. It was what I read a lot in poetry, people talking about very high ideals about truth and about the soul and this, that and the other, but not right down here where we're at. And the photographs, I wondered if using the photographs, if that came from vision, for example, which photos to use, and if the poetry came from the inner voice. And I said, I have an example of that very thing. And so I left a link to Above National Commitments. Now, it so happened that he just deleted the comment. And so, to interpret the dream, the old man was the old man in Oroville, the cook. And the kitchen, of course, you're cooking something. And he was cooking this big pot of soup, which was a representation of his book of poetry. And he left the salt shaker by the pot. And I had just been hired. And the first thing I did was I took the salt shaker, the big, was big salt shaker, kind of the middle kind. And I went and I put it on the shelf where I knew the spices and salts and pepper went. And so anyway, that was me posting my comment right in his pot of soup. And of course, him deleting my comment, I was just fired. That was represented that way. Now, what does salt represent? Well, salt is a very valuable commodity in humanity. In some places, it was used in place of money. But it was not only valuable in olden days because it flavored food. Mainly, it preserved things. And so the salt shaker right there by his pot of soup, it had something to do with the preservation. And when I took that preserving element and I took it away from his pot of soup and I put it up on the shelf, my comment was in some way detracting. Of course, it was detracting from advertising his book. And so he just deleted the comment. Now, what I did was I went to the front of the house and I was speaking to a friend who was a waiter and I had the thought, you know, and I was trying to say, I'm much better out here waiting and I'm really not a cook. I'm really a server. And well, that is a more active role of taking my poems and serving them to people. But I didn't get that job. It was up in the air when the dream ended. Now, my question is this, or what I want to examine from this dream is this. I dreamed of this old-timer in Oroville as a really mean, cranky SOB of a cook. I had no patience or tolerance for anything, any infraction of the rules, his rules. And is that the true inner representation of this old-timer in Oroville? Or is it colored with my feelings and thoughts towards him? In other words, my dream maker took that. And did it flavor that? It's showing, like we have said in many dreams, the inner essence of an outer event, right? And it could be, there's an infinite number of ways it could be represented. That event of me placing my poem right there on his pot of soup poetry and then him deleting it, it was a very short action, just like it was in the dream. That was the only thing I had done and I was fired immediately. Now, getting back to my central question, when we dream of someone else, are we dreaming the truth of them? That's their inner essence. Or 
Are we dreaming a colored representation of that person? That's a hard question to answer, and I think it depends upon our level of development, our proximity to the soul, to the truth of things. And if you have a reaction, for example, I did have a reaction of the person deleting my comment. That reaction would have colored things inside of me. My vital would be colored towards him. And so I think my dream maker showed him through my eyes. Now, maybe he's a mean, cranky old man, like, you know, but what I'm trying to get across here is something kind of subtle. Just because we see someone on the inside represented as a monster, for example, that doesn't mean that that's the inner truth of that person. I think more often than not, it means that that's how you feel about that person. And your dream maker has colored this through your thoughts and feelings surrounding that individual or group. Anybody have anything to add about that? No, actually, I think it was spot on. Right. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean that you're sometimes you are dreaming the inner essence of a person. Ah, that's them. That's captured. Okay. But I think most times it is colored and it's colored through our filters of how we feel about that person. That's all I have to say. Okay. I guess who do we go to now? Maybe I would continue because you know, since you're you talking about the inner truth of the person, I had Philip last time, you know. In oh, the yeah, dream. okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. Just, go ahead. Yes. So, speaking of the inner truth of the person, I had this dream last Sunday, I guess, before I went to Jocelyn's house. So, that morning I had this dream in which I was going to Jocelyn's house. So, as I was going to. Well, you, 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 uh, Jocelyn is also an old timer or villain. Yeah. And you volunteer to be her gardener two times a month. a month. Yeah. Right. Yes, it's just a service that you're giving her. She's very exactly. old and has problems getting around. So you're her errand boy and gardener, yeah. right, uh, for a couple of hours or so every two weeks. Go yeah. ahead. So, yeah, where was I? Yeah, so I was on the way to her house and then suddenly I got distracted. I wouldn't call it a distraction. I was like interested in something, you know, on the way. And so I stopped a moment and then I didn't realize that I was only there for like a few minutes. I thought it was a few minutes, but it turned out that it was two hours. Right. I didn't realize that it was that long. And then I realized that, oh, my shift in Jocelyn's house that I'm supposed to do like for two hours is right. over. I should probably go back to my house, I thought. Uh-huh. And then uh, I thought since it was after 12 o'clock in the afternoon, so I just started my way to our house, basically. So on the way, I saw my yeah. previous boss. He's the dad director of this company in, in Oroville. Oroville. Okay. Yeah, in Oroville. Okay. So they do shows based on like... Just go ahead. Like putting okay. people in the trance in a way. So I saw him on the way to our house and then he was doing something and he was with this friend of mine who was, um, who was the actress of the previous show. She was sitting there and he was... I told him about what happened to him, you know. What happened to you? I was just standing in some place and suddenly I got into this. Not trance, I would say, but something like that and I forgot everything. Like and a I, seedless samadhi. Yeah, yeah. Is basically, and then I, I forgot the time... <laughs> But you how, lost how, yourself for two hours. Yeah, for two hours, I, I didn't realize that I told him. And then he understood something that was happening, the occult phenomenon that was happening behind occult. it. Yeah, yeah, he understood there was a language behind it that put me into the trance. Right. So he actually not only understood it, he started using it as a mantra, basically, to put the person in the trance. And so he started talking in this ancient language that no one would even know. It was really far ancient. But yes, but was his usage sincere? That's what I'm coming. So oh. as he was saying that, he was actually using that language on this previous actor of the show so she <laughs> she was sitting right next to him and then he started speaking to her in that language and then suddenly she went into this trance that I was talking about and then I was looking at him oh wow he learned the process very quickly how did he do that I was wondering about that 
You had told me that he was yeah, using yeah, yeah, yeah. it. He was manipulating. Yeah, he, he was, wasn't yeah, yeah, being yeah. sincere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was using it as a tool of manipulation yeah. to control people. Yeah, yeah, was basically. That, okay. yeah, yeah, that, was that's like a big the, yeah. thing to leave out of yeah, your dream. Yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, go ahead before you interpret the dream. What occurred en route to Jocelyn's house? Yeah, interestingly. So, I was on the way, I mean, it's in the waking life, yeah. you know, after I had the dream, you know, I was on the way to a house in the waking life. So, what happened was, in order to keep my mind quiet, I started to listen to the sound of our motorbike. So, I started listening to the bike and suddenly my mind became calm. Throughout the journey, I was only listening to the sound of our bike and the sound. That became your thought. Yeah, basically. Right. Okay, so, there yeah. was no thought. That was my only thought and then I was only going to her house and I dropped our bike in front of her garden and then when I stood up, I felt well, I I was really in a kind of it put me in the trap I didn't realize that uh-huh. as I was on the way to a house and then when I stood up and I really felt so aligned with the trees and you, you the, felt you yeah. felt connected you felt connected to the environment to the environment yeah, yeah. like like you were one with yeah yeah okay you were in a place of trance yeah and, and I didn't realize it up until right. I got up she has there. no idea the value of you working on her garden in that state interestingly enough a couple of days later she had what she called a deep spirit spiritual experience during meditation who she, she did okay. very much what you described this calmness okay. and this okay. peace okay and so these things are contagious mm-hmm. if you're around someone who is in a state like that it's going to rub off on you if you're open at all and so this person Jocelyn she had a nice peaceful calm experience similar to what he's describing in a meditation just a couple of days later and i put the two and two together these so, things are contagious is not the proper word because it sounds like a pathology <laughs> Uh, but yes, we are susceptible when we are in states like this or we have experienced those things and they're in our consciousness, they're in our environmental aura. It affects other people in a very positive way. Now, so you basically had prevision. You didn't forget yourself for two yeah, hours, yeah. but your dream showed you work there for two hours in that place of harmony with mm-hmm. your surroundings, in that place of peace, in that yeah. place of calm. And your dream showed that as forgetting yourself for mm-hmm. two hours. And the other thing is you weren't able to do a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. That was because... <laughs> Because I had no idea how to use that. Right, right, right. You didn't the, know how to use the, the tool. You didn't get a lot of work done. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it, yeah, to our eyes, it might have looked like I'm, I wasted time. You, you wasted two hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyway, this is the way that the dream showed things. It's amazing. This prevision before the actual event. And it's interesting is to see the way that the inner, oh, I'm sorry, the way the dream represents the event from yeah. the inner perspective. And the way it kind of takes this element and that element and it puts them together in weird kind of ways, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> now what is Philip doing in there? It's a good question. Um, usually, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, he does his drama shows and right. there will be a soundtrack going on, which is more like that will put people into trance when they... That's one of the things he aims yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Basically, He's that's the language that. that he has learned, basically, right. throughout many years. However, he understood the concept and that's what he was using it on people. I shouldn't say, but he's very good at his language. People could usually right. get manipulated. Right, right. But, you know, my friend, he would always say, oh okay. my, he's very manipulative. <laughs> I, I'm not able to say anything more when he says something. Okay. Well, okay. Now we come back to that question. Are you picking up an inner essence of this individual or are you picking up your color Mm. towards that individual color in this this case, not being sexual desire, but you're colored by your his slant, maybe your your slant for that person Mm. is, are you dreaming? Did your dream maker put him in that slant or 
Are you actually being shown something about him and his use of sound and music to put people in trance? That's a good question. Yeah. Very good question. Yeah. <laughs> and because sometimes we are shown the inner essence of a person, especially if they have intentions towards us. And, you know, we're not sure about them. So sometimes dreams will show us the inner essence of this person because they're coming into our field and they want something from us. And so my question is, how do you know when it's a slant, your slant, you're looking at someone through your slant in a dream, or you're actually seeing something of the inner truth of that, not inner truth, I should say, the inner essence of that person, mm. their pathology, for yeah. example. Now, I, I think I, in my case, it was kind of both, I would say, no, because I, I, think, I had been with him, so right, I know. Right. So it's also like that. At the same time, it's also what I think of him, you know, in a yeah. way. Because, yeah. I think the moral of the story is be very careful with this feeling that you, oh, I have the inner essence of this person and I'm <laughs> going to throw it in yeah. their face or I'm going to take it to the world or to the community and I'm going to reveal this person as the fraud they really are. <laughs> Be careful with that. Yeah, exactly. Because well, I, should, I should add that he's a good person, actually. Right, right. He's a really no. nice person. When it comes to work and things like uh -huh. that, he's like kind well, of... Well, the person that, dark, I, that, that I dreamed about, for example, with other people, I'm sure he's a wonderful person. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. I mean, I'm very, he's involved in many, many good projects. But, you know, I'm kind of like a barometer <laughs> for human <laughs> unity. And, you know, he just reacted to me and just deleted the comment. Mm. And that was it no mm. communication but so you know good gracious this is a very important point about dreams and i would say it's like really up there one of the more important points about dreams be very careful when you feel that you have dreamed aha that's the inner essence yeah. of so and so because at least a little bit going to be slanted with your slant of that person is going to be colored and unless of course you're you're completely free of ego and you're in the realized state you're fully in the spiritual consciousness or your psychic is up front and you can see the truth of things and you're dreaming from the psychic being the more closer you are to those things the more you're dreaming of the inner essence of the person without your slant okay now douglas well, I'm just going to share a short vision I had last Sunday. Anyway, I've been having problems with anxiety, and I was having problems on Sunday, and I was just laying there, and I had a vision of Donnie taking a piece of tiger eye, the stone, and he put it on my heart. And not immediately after that, but later on, I felt better. So I guess Donnie's inner being gave me a hand, or his psychic being. Well, yeah, I've been your, what do you call it, your shoulder here for a couple of weeks. And just like you have been mine in the past. Now, I have something else to tell you about the eye of the tiger. Now, of tiger. course, right, right, the eye of the tiger, right? Tiger's eye. Well, yeah, right. Okay, now, I had mentioned to you before that when you get into these anxiety states, and it's like it, you feel it in your body. I mean, this is not just, oh, I'm kind of anxious. It's like, uh, it's a constant like there's a valve that has been turned on in your vital of anxiety and it's constant. And so that's what you've been dealing with. And I tried to tell you that I have been in those places before and I used music. I would have a song like I remember I was actually <laughs> over the edge for some weeks after I had an experience of actually seeing divine form. I mean, it just blew my mind. It's what opened up the inner consciousness, and I keep describing those three or three and a half years of incredible spiritual and, and occult experiences. It all came from this one experience of seeing divine form. And so, wow, I was like on the other side. This was horrible. And I had a song that I used. It was a very simple song. It was U2. I just, I don't remember the name. Hold on tightly, his love will last forever and hold on hold on tightly and I held on to that song 
boy, did I, it's from a Bible verse, and I really held on to that song. Now, when I was going through Special Forces School, the Special Forces Qualification Course, I was hands down physically the weakest person there. I mean, I was skinny as a rail. I was even laughed at when we were all lined up to begin the course because how was I going to make it? I actually graduated with in a top on the commandant's list, you know, with honors. I don't know how it happened, but anyway, one of the things that got me through the Q course was a song called The Eye of the Tiger. No. That was the year that it was number one. It was the same year. It was 19, 1982, and I used that song throughout the Q course. Rising up to the challenge of our rival. I mean, that song hit it for me, and I used that song, and it was one of the things that got me through the Special Forces School. Maybe that's the reason I put the eye of the tiger on your chest, mm. because you're involved in a struggle, a fight, right? And so you, it's, you're rising up to the challenge of your rival. So you might listen to the song again and see maybe it can help you like it helped me. And I had meant to tell you now I didn't know you were going to use that vision in the podcast. I had meant to tell you and I have just forgotten. So now Mm. it's an opportunity to tell you. I I might be actually suggesting either that you use that song or that idea right there to give you courage in your heart. You're facing the eye of the tiger. Now what is the eye of the tiger? It's about to eat you. (laughs) It's, It's right. The eye of the tiger my goodness wow that is a very dangerous and challenging place and so there's where you're at you're in the eye of the tiger but you can rise up and overcome right so either i was telling you okay try that song out in your mind yeah. playing that in your mind right to get rid of the scary thoughts or just to plant the idea of putting courage in the heart because you're involved in a fight you're involved in a struggle and so anyway that's all right. about all i have to say now we have We've retrieved Natish, and he has a dream to relate. Natish, please. That I was in this um, heavenly kind of place, and then I saw this boy that he didn't have an eye. His toes were uh, misplaced. Like one on top. It's yes. really weird. Uh, yes, really weird. And boy you had met, right? Okay. So, and then um, I like, felt really bad for the boy, and he couldn't speak. Okay. He, like, he can speak, but like really like um, weird. Okay. Not speak directly. All right. So and then I felt like really bad for this boy. In the dream. Yeah. In the okay. Dream. So I took him to GH like. GH like was it, in heaven. Yes, like a thing like that. Okay. It had no name. Okay. On the hospital, so like, I, my hand was like hollow, like I can like reach through anything. Oh, oh, you, you, your, your hand could reach through. Okay, your you hand was intangible. And yeah, okay, good. Okay. So and then like I. Took my hand and I put it in my eye and I grabbed my eye and I gave it to the boy. Okay. When I gave it to the boy, like, yeah, he can see, but for me, did it hurt or anything or for him? Okay. But my hand is hollow, so I can take your eye out. Okay. So then I took my both legs and I gave it to him and I took my throat and gave it to him. So then my leg, I was giving and I was giving and my legs, my throat, my eyes, it started growing up again. They came back after yes, a little while. Back. Okay, what did the boy do? He was... He was like, he was uh, really happy, like, uh-huh. and he says, really, thank you, Nitish, for this, and then he left out, left off with his best friend. Okay, now, can you describe the, an experience of meeting that little boy the day before the dream? Yes, of course. I went to my grandmother's house, and I was playing in the street, and uh, this boy and his, uh, his best friend, like, his pal came with him, and like, he came and he tried to talk to me, so... He first said, uh, he first asked, what's your name? And I couldn't understand because he asked like, what name? 
Or there. Right. Like In Tamil, of course. Yes. Okay. So I understand Nitsu. So I told him, yeah, my name is Nitish. So I asked him, what's your name? He said, my name is Luke. Uh-huh. So I understand it's Lokesh. Okay. And I asked him, it's Lokesh, yes, yes. Now what else was wrong with him besides the... He, he didn't have one eye. And it wasn't like white. He just currently didn't have didn't one Didn't have an eye. And what about his legs? What was wrong with his legs? Um, near the big toe, the toes, the toes were all on top of each other and mixed up, and he had problems yes. walking. Okay. No, he didn't have any problems walking. Okay. Just like like weird. They were his his feet were but deformed. I felt bad for the boy. So me and him, we sit down and we started like talking about that and this. So like just trying to understand his best friend is really like know what you're talking about. He like guess did and guess did. Mm-hmm. And about the yes yes like shaking. Oh, so you gave him really good attention. Yeah. And then he went off with his best friend. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, Matu, inter- interpret the dream, please. <laughs> I don't know how to interpret that. Well, it's obvious, okay, you met a disabled boy, and it deeply moved you. You came home that night, and you were very close to tears, and we talked for some time about the experience and how badly you felt for that boy. And I remember you asked, is there any way that we can help? Any way that we can, what, what can we do for people like that? And I just remained silent. I said, I don't know. And then you said, love and support. Yes, yes. We can give them love and support. I didn't say that. You did. And so... You dreamed this affected you so deeply. That night, you dreamed of meeting him, but you met him in like a heaven place. Because your love, what you were feeling for him was close to divine love, heavenly love, the, the love heaven has and the gods have for us. And so you took him to the hospital, which was like, it looked kind of like GH, even though there wasn't a name on it. And you healed him with your very body. And so my feeling of the matter, it's an inner representation of your meeting him he really got fed from you your heart was so open to him and you tried to give him as much as you could in the little time that you were with him and just to treat him like a normal kid just sit down and start talking about things and you know i'm sure you didn't ask him what's wrong with your eye oh oh, no you were very sensitive and you just treated him like a regular little boy and that's just what he needed and so it was you really gave him love and support on a heavenly level and that's wonderful i'm really glad to see your heart opening like this it is it gladdens my heart to see it and wow i'm proud of you anyway but it still hurts doesn't it Yes, it hurts to see suffering in the world, but we can give love and support. And love and support is not nothing. It's very valuable. A lot of times, that's what people needed. Mm -hmm. That little boy needed to meet another little boy like you and be treated like a regular little boy. And that's what you did. But anyway, you gave him what it was that he needed. And I think that's we've come to the end of the podcast. Anything? I I can't think of anything else. All right. Me neither. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Peace out. Peace out. Okay, now we go back. Everybody, bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.